I want to talk about something that is not being talked about enough and it's certainly not understood even by people who are talking about it. And we have a special guest, uh, Dr. Jane Keller. Hi, Jane. Hi, Todd. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. And again, I want to thank you for telling your story. Um, We're talking about the student loan issue. And I think the misunderstanding is that people think, you know, this is just millennials and Gen Z being big babies trying to, you know, uh, bilch on their on their uh, student loans. You know, getting out of paying for. It. You know, I'm I'm a boomer. I had to pay for my student loan. Why do these young people not have to pay for theirs? Well, the story of Dr. Jane Keller is uh, a a big story. I haven't heard it, and um, so she's gracious enough to come on and and tell. Uh, so Jane. Tell us about back in the early 90s when you made your decision about uh, going to graduate school. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on and highlighting uh, the old people in our student loan um, dilemma. It is a um, huge issue. Many people who... um, took out loans for graduate school and advanced degrees um, in the 90s are still paying huge amounts of student loans. So I appreciate having a chance to talk about it. And um, I, I finished college in St. Mary's in Winona, Minnesota, and graduated in 1998, was really looking for a career, knew that I wanted to help people, kids and families especially. Uh, I was a psychology youth ministry double major from St. Mary's College and decided to pursue graduate school. Um, At the time, in the state of Minnesota, they were phasing out the master level provider for um, psychology. So really, the, the one and only option if you wanted to, um, you know, be reimbursed and and pursue license in the state of Minnesota was to pursue your doctorate. So that's what I did. And and you wanted to be a psychologist, right? Yep. Yes. And so so you went to graduate school for that. You had to take out a loan of approximately $100,000, correct? I actually took out about a hundred and sixty nine thousand dollars <laughs> okay. to to pay for my to pay for a four year um, clinical psychology doctorate. And that was in nineteen ninety eight, right? Correct. I started in nineteen ninety eight and I graduated in two thousand two. Um, and uh, you know he, he was was hopeful the the field at the time when I started in the 90s there was a lot of opportunity and promise for a doctoral level clinician um, what it did not prepare me for was managed care and insurance rate reimbursements and so I remember seeing a lot of the um, allure and the the what I could make salary and and 
you know, that's what graduate school was based on and my loans were based on is what kind of salary and job you could get after you achieved the degree. Right, and then... Which would, would, and by the way, I want to the the value of a dollar in 1998 compared to today is um, like one dollar is worth a dollar and eighty seven cents. So a hundred hundred thousand dollars is a hundred and eighty seven thousand dollars, the equivalent. And uh, so so you basically were taking a loan for what today would have been over two hundred thousand dollars, and and you understood that if you went through this part of the education, you could get licensed at a level where you felt comfortable making enough money to easily pay off that loan. Correct? Correct. Right. And what was another change that happened uh, having to do with insurance covering psychological issues? Well, the, the insurance companies, you know, managed care came in and basically negotiated rates for reimbursement through insurance, which were much, much lower than a private pay rate um, that you could get any other through any other form. So I, I knew that I wanted to work with kids and families. I knew that, um, you know, kids and families in, in all situations cannot do private pay, in, you know, in very few situations. So right. I was, it was really determined by... Um, what negotiations happened between the agencies and the insurance companies, which, you know, ended up being about half of the amount that my graduate school um, pretty brochure promised was a, was a salary that we could have made, you know, upon graduation. So the amount of loan that I took out um, versus what I was able to make as as a therapist and a clinician working with kids and families, there was a huge discrepancy. Right. So there were some psychologists at that time who were industrial psychologists and some you know organizational psychologists who who could have made that money and probably did make that money. Mm-hmm. Um, we all went to the same program. We specialized in different things. We all paid the same fee. And to the program, um, but working with kids and family, and dedicating you know my my career towards kids on the autism spectrum and attachment disordered kids, and right. um, those are those are not the high paying jobs of of the psychological world. Right. So basically, people like that could have used insurance when you went into your graduate school. It was understood that. People like that would have a, a much higher level of assistance to be right. your patient, and then by the time you got out of school, that had changed, and so way less people would be able to even afford to be able to be your patient. So you just basically right. couldn't have enough patients. Um, I'm not saying you don't have patients. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so, so you are were just simply unable to earn what you thought you were going to earn, and now you can't afford your student loan payments. And you're not a, well, a millennial or a, or a, uh, or, or a uh, Gen Z person. You're in your 50s. I, 
I, I'm much closer to 60 than I am 50, and, and I have, um, you know, made payments. My student loans are 20, 20 years old. I, I um, met the 20 mark in April of, of repayment, um, and, you know, it's, it's a sad situation where, you know, one of my loans, my original principal was $101,000 that I took out over that time, and my total accrued interest is $91,572, 20, 20 years in on this process of repaying my student loan. So you've only, you've only gone down $9,000 in 20 years out of out of a hundred thousand dollars, correct? Correct. Right. So, correct. so basically, um, you're going to have to live to be five hundred and sixty years old <laughs> to be able to pay at this rate. Um, yeah, and so you know, people are kind of the the reason that I wanted to talk about this was because. You, the argument on the other side of of uh, you know Biden trying to trying to tackle this incredibly difficult subject. The argument against it is that the young people are trying to you know dupe the system, uh, buck the system. But in reality, the system has bucked you, and um, you're in an impossible situation. And uh, and. And you're not a young person, and you're never going to be able to pay this off. And so, Correct. so you know, at least now there were there were other rules, and we're going to take a short break. And I hope you can stay a few more minutes after the break. Sure. Okay, um, there were a few more rules that were changed, and uh, and uh, Dr. Jane Keller knows a lot about this. Uh, both what happened during the Trump administration and the Biden administration. She knows more about what Biden is trying to do for this than anyone that I've talked to. And I think that the message needs to get out more because this is a much more important subject than what is the level that it's being talked about or the level that people know about what's going on within it. So let's take a short break. You're listening to AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Todd Mickelson sitting in on the Matt McNeil show talking to Dr. Jane Keller. We'll be right back. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, Todd Mickelson on the synthesizer and on the show today for the Matt McNeil Show. And uh, we've got a special guest on the line, Dr. Jane Keller. We're talking about the fact that she took out a student loan that uh, she because she wanted to be a psychologist and help families and kids. And spe- so she went to graduate school specializing in that type of uh education she had to take out a student loan at the time the she would have been able to get a salary that would make her be able to afford to pay off the student loan and things changed with insurance rules and things like that so that it kind of uh, totally you know uh, inhi- inhibited her ability to get enough patients to be able to afford to pay back the student loan. And now, not only can she not really afford to pay back the student loan, she can't afford to work in the line of work that she wanted to do. Is that correct, Dr. Keller? 
Uh, well, it's, it's complicated because when, when you start talking about um, paying back your student loans, and, and um, I just want to say I paid back my undergraduate student loan um, debt going to you know, St. Mary's College. I, I paid that back while I was in graduate school, so I, I took care of that as I was also you know, working and going to graduate school. Um, and as so, as you start your career and you um, work, there's there's different options to pay your student loan, and and so an income based repayment plan is one option. And um, many different lenders have given me a lot of different information, but the income based repayment plan that I signed up for and was working with is based on was based on my income. It was based on um, the salary that I was making in my career, which seemed very fair. My student loans, my salary. Um, unfortunately, during the Trump administration, the rules changed, and the income-based repayment plan was no longer based on my income, but it was based on our joint income. If you file joint taxes, then you paid the joint income, um, which my husband, you know, luckily has had a, had a good-paying job and is able to um, make money. And so, you know, my payments for my student loan almost tripled in comparison when we added his income. Right. Um, and so basically whatever whatever I was making in my career was going towards my student loan payment. Right. And that is very discouraging. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to, to work to work with in the field and to have to it's 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 really a, a hard uh, job and it's a really um, I I loved it but it takes a lot out of you and um, it's to see every penny that I made go to my student loans didn't really give me a lot of satisfaction. Right. And and now your husband is basically on the line to pay your student loan, <laughs> you know, um, or, or at well, least, you I, know, it cut, cuts into his correct. income. Yep. Uh, and so the Biden administration, ha- what they have been trying to change that back, Correct. One of the most important things that the Biden administration has done is looked at the private lenders because, of course, my loan, I, I pulled out a huge manila. I, I, I have a four-inch um, file folder of the history of the last 20 years of my student loan and the different servicers and private companies that they've been sold to. And one of the things that the Biden administration has done, which is a huge benefit to many of us, is they have gone and, and really started to push hard on these private servicers and, and saying they were not transparent in how they conveyed different policies to us, the borrower. One of the things that Navient did as it's someone who bought my loan, I think the third or fourth person who bought my consolidated loan, they were very 
generous and and helpful if you were having an economic um, issue. I I got laid off. I I had kids, you know, so I wasn't able to make my my promised student loan. So they made it quite easy to file for a deferment or a forbearance. Um, what they never disclosed at that point was when those deferments or forbearances were approved quite easily, uh, your clock for repaying your student loan started over. So you, you buy income-based repayment means that I'll make 20 years of payments, and at the end of that 20 years, my, my loans will be forgiven in, in full. The Biden administration and, and huge Elizabeth Warren um, is a champion for this, you know, really pursued Navient, and, and they did settle without being sued to um, disclose that, yes, they were, it was not transparent. They were not forthcoming with their borrowers that, yes, you can qualify for this deferment, but it means the last 10 years of, of payments are not going to account towards your total of 20-year payments. So I started over three or four times not understanding and never disclosed that my my term of paying back started when I started paying it back again after a deferment or a forbearance. Right. So you take a deferment, say, 15 years into your loan, you think you think then you're you only have five years left, but in reality you have disqualified yourself without them telling you how it worked. So now instead of only having five years left, it's back to 20 years again. Correct. Right. Correct. And so what the, what the Biden administration is doing now, which is the, the most recent um, lawsuit appeal just got overturned, thank goodness, is, is the U.S. Department of Education is going back through our loans and looking at our time our months in deferment, our months in forbearance, and they are counting those months towards either a 20- or 25-year forgiveness period, which is what we originally signed up for. Um, so they're undoing, and, and I, there's, this is the first time in 20 years I've had a glimmer of hope, Todd, that it is possible that maybe when I get my Social Security I will not also be paying my student loan. There's there's a slight hopeful little around the corner if this goes through right. um, that I'm going to be very close to 25 years of, of repayment of this loan and the rest of the principal and interest would be forgiven at that point. If, if no one else goes to block it and, you know, there's many, many things that have happened in this process that... Right. Um, the other side seems to really be adamant about yes, and not wanting this to be taken care of. That's all the more reason why we got to really turn out and vote. Um, we need to keep the country in the hands of the Democratic Party because the Republican Party is not working for us. They're working for the the large companies like this company that you're talking about. Um, and it's just, you know, it, so your loan ends up being forgiven anyway, so they stop getting paid by you anyway. Now, it, it, they're, they can afford that because they're, over, they're overcharging everybody in interest. But at the same time, you know, what good does that do? Wouldn't it be better? It's kind of like what I say 
why did the large corporations spend so much money lobbying to keep taxes down when they why don't they just take that lobbying money and pay it in taxes and then we can all have a new road it's the same as this um you know school is not affordable for most Americans anymore and and we need it to go the other way. So uh, it's good to hear these things that the Biden administration is doing. I really, you know, we, we need to talk about it more. So again, I thank you very much, Dr. Jane Keller, for calling in and telling your story. I know it's it's not a fun story to tell, and, um, and it doesn't feel good. And uh, so I very much appreciate that you're putting yourself out there. Um, I know you wrote on your Facebook page to kind of get this started. That's where I found you. And uh, I just thought it was a really fascinating story to tell, and uh, but not a fun one for you to tell. So thank you so much for calling in. You're very welcome. I, I so appreciate having a little bit of a voice in this whole process. And uh, I really, it, it's vital that, People understand the complexity for the older student loan borrowers because there, there are millions of us that that are dedicated to our career and just trying, you know, trying to do the best that we can do for the people that we serve. And yeah. uh, nobody's really looking out for us. No. And and I think uh, Elizabeth Warren would probably like to speak to you as well and maybe have you testify in Washington D.C. sometime when we're when uh, they're working on this. Um, <laughs> well, you took the first step here on the radio, yeah, so. Thank but you for uh, giving me the voice. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to let you go. We need to take another break. Thanks again, Dr. Jane Keller, for telling her story. And we're going to take a short break and come back on AM 950, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. Todd Mickelson sitting in on the Matt McNeil Show. We'll be right back.